welcome to the show. This is episode three. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about uh, the big C, cancer. And we're actually going to have two shows, one in English and one in Swedish. Uh, I don't know why you just suggested it. So I guess that's a good thing uh, for our Swedish listeners, the two of them that are actually listening. And uh, my co-host sitting across from me <laughs> Hi. is also my wife, Camilla. She'll help me remember some of my uh, blind spots throughout this journey. Yep. So I think we can start with the diagnosis and then work our way back. I think that's a good way to do it. And I probably won't remember everything, but let's give it a shot. Mm -hmm. So on the 9th of December, I was diagnosed with a stage four <laughs> glioma. <laughs> glioma, which is the... Uh, baddest or worst type of um, cancer that you can have in your brain and it's lodged somewhere in the middle of my brain and usually when people ask me I tell them it's in the center of my nervous system which may be totally wrong but uh, it's in an area that's inoperable which means that uh, the only way to treat it is through um, chemotherapy and uh, radiation yes so um, let's go back to the beginning. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. And do you want to tell us a little bit what how this whole thing started? Yes. What happened? Yes. Maybe? I was uh, at basketball practice with our seven-year-old Olivia, and uh, I decided to go to the bathroom. And here in Sweden, when you usually they just open up one, they don't open up the men's and the women's. So I went into the women's locker room, went in there, did what I had to do, and for some reason had to rebuckle my pants. When I got to that point, I would I thought it was a, a cramp, but what ended up happening, it was actually turns out it was a seizure. But I also ended up unbuckling my pants in the process. And because I had baggy pants, they went all the way down to my <laughs> knees. And uh, I kept thinking to myself, what if a parent walks in? But luckily, the seizure was only for a couple of seconds. I pulled my pants up and um, I went inside the gym and watched Olivia finish her practice. So no big deal. And then when I came home, I told you that um, I'd had a cramp. Which you're having right now. Which, which is what I'm having right now while we're talking. That's why the voice is a little bit shaky. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, and and you were on me and I said, well, you know, I've been surfing quite a bit this week. And maybe it's a magnesium or some sort of a deficit in my body. Yeah. Um, you so thought you were dehydrated and, and uh, um, you didn't even tell me about the incident at the locker room. Okay. Well, a couple of days later I did. Yeah. And, and in between that incident, um, you also had an incident where you were reading for your oldest daughter, Olivia. Yes, on Monday. And, yeah. And you were about to uh, turn the page in the book. Yes. And you cramped. Yeah. And she didn't really understand what was going on. Right. Just to explain to our listeners, these are focal seizures, meaning that um, half the body is seizuring or is that how you say it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess seizure. Yeah. Yes, you have a seizure, but it's only located in your arm. So it. Well, it's my left hand. Yeah, exactly. Left hand and. So arm. I grab onto something and then I grab onto it really, yeah, really. And hard. you have like a spasm. Yeah. Uh, repeated. So spasm I grab. I turned the page. I was able to turn the page, but I I turned. I held onto it really hard. And she helped you to and, turn the yeah, page. Yeah, and she helped me. And she says, "Is everything okay?" And I'm like, "No, it's just a cramp." Yeah. And I kept reading the two pages and then after the two pages, yeah, it kind of stopped. So Peter had this extraordinary ability of not telling me these things. Right. Um, and it turns out that uh, one afternoon you were going to chop some wood. With a chainsaw. With a, with a chainsaw. In the backyard. In the backyard. And I was cooking and we have like these uh, folding sliding doors. So I could hear everything that was going on in the backyard. And it was a nice sunny day in uh, mid-September, beginning of September, something like that. Yeah, it's one of those things where I had to do it before the rain season started. Right, because uh, our neighbor cut down their huge tree and, yeah. and uh, gave, us a, bunch of gave wood. us a bunch of wood. And he said, you guys want to chop it up and... Uh, for your fireplace and we were like yeah sure 
So you you rented this chainsaw from no, your, I borrowed it. Oh, from borrowed from your friend. I'm sorry. Mm. Yes, from Tobias. Yes. And um, you were all geared up except yep. for the safety pants that no I was. Safety pants. Yeah, which I was very adamant about you having, but you decided not to. Who wears safety pants when doing chopping uh, the wood? Anyway. Everybody, I guess. But uh, everybody but me, for Peter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but. Um, so maybe I should tell. Yeah, from just want to give you guys my point of view. What I heard, and then you can continue on. Okay. Uh, so basically, what I heard was uh, the chainsaw going on full blast, like, and I was thinking, oh my god, he's like chopping up that whole wood piece uh-huh. in like multiple pieces, like really fast here. What's going on? <laughs> But it lasted for like 30, 40 seconds. And I figured, oh, is he like attacking our house somehow? Or So I went outside and I saw you cramping with this chainsaw in midair. Like Jason. Jason. <laughs> and looking at me like, yeah, so what's, what's up? Well, you asked me if, I'm do- if yeah. I was okay. And I, at that point, my cramp stopped and I put the chainsaw down. I turned it off and I said, what's the problem? Yeah. Because you were going to continue on. I was going to continue on. And my thing was like, I didn't know how to like rescue you from this situation. Because I figured if I go in there and try to break loose your your hand from the chainsaw, you're going to turn on me and accidentally chop me up. (laughs) So I was figuring out a way of how to handle this situation. But luckily... Well, you distracted me. Yeah, the cramp... um, Stopped. Stopped. And the way it manifested itself is... I essentially squeezed the the gas handle, if that's what it's called, so hard that it went full throttle. And I couldn't de-throttle it because my hand was literally stuck on the gas. And then the other hand was um, that I could control was handling the, um, the handlebar. Mm. I don't know if that's called the handle, but I guess that's the steering bar. That's where you push the yeah. chainsaw up and down. So in my mind, I was clear and I was thinking, okay, I need the cramp to stop so I can put the chainsaw down so I can actually get to the button that kills it because there's a kill switch. And uh, once you got out and you asked me if I was doing okay, the cramp subsided and I put it down on the ground safely and I shut it off. Yeah. And it's kind of funny to hear your version of it because you think you were completely aware while I stood there for 20 seconds looking at you. And you were a little bit in a haze. What were you looking at? At you. Like what? My face? My eyes? Yeah. And you were like not even making Uh, contact because you were in a a different planet. Maybe I was was ignoring you. Based on the cramps you had afterwards. And then you made me sit on the couch. Yeah. And you said, we're going to the hospital. You've had a seizure. And I said, no, it's a cramp. And then you pulled out the ace in your arm, which is uh, calling our friend, doctor friend. His name is Ladislav. Who's an oncologist. Who's an oncologist. And you called him and explained what had happened. And he said, I'm coming over. I'm taking him to the hospital. Yeah. Because you were really upset of me having you call um, like the urgent care to just even verify if you needed to go in. Because urgent care here usually means that it's 24 hours. Yeah. You didn't even want to go anywhere. No, you, I didn't want to go. You were still in your little... Plus I was hungry. Uh, yeah. So we ate dinner. That you had prepared anyway. And then Ladislav showed up and then he drove me to the emergency. And once we got there, I had to go through the COVID tent, you know, the old classic, have you had any headaches or cough type thing? And they check your temperature. Mm. Once they ascertain that you're not in the risk zone of having COVID, they Mm. take you to the, I don't know, the registration where I sat for two hours and poor Ladislav was out there <laughs> yeah, waiting in the cold. And then he called me and said, uh, are you, have you seen the doctor yet? And I was like, no, I'm still waiting at the register. And I told him to go home. Yep. And, and then in the middle of the night, you called me still waiting, all pissed off because I sent you off with only one banana in yes. your backpack. <laughs> and the, su- the sucky part was uh, once I got admitted and the doctor uh, took a look at me, she said that, you know, she took a blood test and she said, okay, you can sit here. And it was like a plastic chair. You can sit here and you can wait and your tests are going to be in, they're going to be done in two hours. And I waited for eight hours. 
And after about six hours, I decided, okay, I'm going to have my banana now. Because <laughs> it's been almost, it was like 11 p.m. Did you peel it slowly? To just I peeled it slowly. And then the nurse came up and she said, what are you here for? And I said, uh, I don't know. I think I had, I, I think I may have had a... Um, a um, seizure. seizure or something like that. Mm. And she took the banana away from me, out of my hands. And she said, well, you can't have the banana now. You're going to have to wait until we get your tests back in. See, you waited too long. Yeah. Again. And uh, <laughs> Not only with the seizure, but he also waited too long with the banana. Right. Yeah. And while at the emergency, um, I went to the bathroom three times, maybe too much information. But during those three times, I had three seizures. Mm-hmm. And then... The doctor came out finally and gave me my room, and they they gave me a CT scan, and uh, I was getting a little bit tired now because it was like 4 a.m., mm. and then after that CT scan, uh, they came back to my room quite quickly, and they said that they had seen a change or a mass that was like three times one centimeters, and that they were going to have to transfer me to the um, uh, neurology yeah, but they didn't uh, say mass. They saw a change that right, was three right, centimeters, right. Yeah. three times one. Yeah. But it wasn't a mass at this point at that this they point, saw. No. no, it was just like an inflammation change in the brain that they could tell. Right. So then during, once I got there in the morning, which was then six in the morning, I hadn't had anything to eat and the nurses were really nice. They came in and says, hi, how are you doing? Do you want some coffee or something to eat? And mm. I was like, yes. Can you get up by yourself? Can you walk? And I'm like, yeah, I can walk. Mm. So I got out of my bed and they showed me to the cafeteria. And because of the COVID um, uh, restrictions, you have to order what you want. And I ordered quite a large breakfast. But I quickly noticed that everyone in the cafeteria was sitting in a wheelchair. Mm. And then I think I was a bit overcome by emotion thinking that maybe this is where I'm going mm. kind of so I ate something really quick went to my room and I kind of got into the fetal position and started crying because I was I guess I was scared yeah I'm probably overwhelmed yeah and I hadn't been sleeping for 16 hours mm. uh, then the doctor came in around nine which was the rounds and then they explained to me that they were going to do an MRI to further check out that specific area. They couldn't tell me when it was going to be. Yeah. And, um, and a spinal tap. And the spinal tap, yeah. Yeah. And I hate needles. Yeah. So I was trying to convince them not to do the spinal tap. But I had a C-section with our kids. So I told you about how this was going to work with the spinal yeah, tap. Yeah. And, and was it as bad as you thought no, it was going no. to be? The doctor was really nice. Uh, the weird part was that right before she was going to... St- I explained to her that I had a, not a fear of needles, but I didn't like needles. Mm. Right before she st- stuck me, I had an attack because I could feel the attack in those days. Yeah, you Like my hair was starting to sort of get a sensation. And then I told her, okay, if you're going to stick me now, then don't do it because I'm getting an attack. And before you knew it, she called in three or four of her colleagues and they were standing around me, just observing me, asking me a bunch of questions. Yeah. Um, and they saw the attack. But that at that point, your attack actually manifested itself a little bit in the leg as well. Yeah. So these attacks come uh, on your left side of your body. Yeah. Pretty much. And I was a little bit hazy or dizzy or something. Yeah. Not confused, but mm. still I was... So- they made a great decision of sending you home because you have a tendency to... I have to, an awesome acting ability. Yes, to <laughs> explain to them that you're fine and you can go home overnight. Yeah, And that was um, on Monday though. Mm-hmm. But so, on Monday nothing happened. No, but they sent you home Yeah. in a state where you had one attack every hour. Yeah, that's right. And I just want to explain to everybody, these attacks, Peter was like totally disoriented. <laughs> Almost like somebody was chasing, he was looking behind his behind his back like like what's going on who's there what's that and then he said i need to go to the bathroom and he went somewhere totally else yeah so well, we, that, we, actually, i think that was on tuesday that wasn't on monday it doesn't matter it's it's in this i was still era. kind of funky yeah you were way out there yeah, yeah. but it, it's kind of like um when you have the attack you're not scared but you want to get away from it mm. and you're telling your brain to 
relax, yeah. Yeah. but it's not listening to you. Yeah. So you kind of freak out. And the longer it goes, the worse it gets. So then we start doing breathing techniques. Yeah. Perf- uh, prophylax, prophylax, prophylax breathing, which is essentially you held my hand and told me, calm, calm down, breathe, blah, 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 blah. But it which did help. It, it's, it, help, it, it helps. It slowed down half the time of the seizure, pretty yeah. much. So I was on uh, leave Monday through Tuesday. Yeah. Then on Tuesday, I got my CT scans done and, and then we were waiting for the results. MRI, yeah. The MRIs, yeah, sorry. And um, not a big deal uh, for me, at least. The, what uh, did the doctors say when they came into the off to to your to your bed? Well, that was on Wednesday. Yeah. Plus, I had to do the spinal tap on Tuesday as well. Yeah. And then on Wednesday, um, b- the night between Tuesday and Wednesday, I got to be I sent I got sent home as well. Mm. Plus, I got a new roommate, which yeah. was quite nice. But that's when I then called them and I said, if you guys send him home one more time. Uh, I, I can't, I can't handle it because yeah, I had quite I, a bit I of was, attacks. I was working, taking care of the kids, and I'm still working, by the way. And um, you were up every hour cramping, and I had to get up with you every hour. Plus, I hadn't slept since you were admitted at the hospital because I was nervous about yeah. this whole situation. Because I was really focusing, you were focusing on dehydrating or hi- having to hydrate yourself with magnesium. And I was really focused on, there is a neurological problem here, but we were like on a two separate planets. Yes, and I was in denial. Yeah, and I could not connect with you on that level at all. And I was so. doing the running man in the bed in the middle of the night. You know, the running man, I was shuffling my feet. Yeah, you were, just the sound of you when you start cramping, like I, I wasn't even falling asleep. Peace. No, so we didn't sleep that much. No, that I Wednesday. mean, yeah. But the following day, I came back to the hospital, and uh, they did the rounds, and they didn't receive the results from the MRI, mm-hmm. and then they came in late in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and when the nurse came in, there, there was a nurse that came in at first, and she sort of ushered my roommate out of the room, and I made a bit of a joke saying, oh, we don't keep any secrets from each other, you can let him stay here, mm-hmm. and she said... No, he has to leave. And when she said that, I started freaking out. Yeah, because you thought it was going to be bad news. Yeah. And then two doctors came in, my actual doctor and then somebody else. Mm -hmm. That freaked me out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, Because now I thought, oh shit, you know, it's Mm -hmm. over. But um, they explained to me that they thought that it was an inflammation in the the brain. Mm -hmm. And I think I asked him, I don't remember, I don't remember the conversation. I just remember asking him four times if it's a tumor and he said no. Yeah. And David told you, Peter, it's not a tumor. We can relax. It's not a tumor. Right. And, and I, I was. It's called, the, 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 what they thought you had was an. Um, ADAM. A-D-A-M. Right. Uh, so you guys can look it up. And I cried because it was a euphoric feeling. Mm. And I well, f- we all cried. Yeah, when we I found mean, out. I called everyone. I called my mom. I called you, yeah. and you called. Because I was totally convinced, together with my brother, that this was something pushing yeah, like in a, your brain. Yeah, because I asked them, is it because I've been surfing? Is it yeah. because I've been drinking too many energy drinks or whatever? Yeah. Uh, and he said, no, 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 no. Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we were kind of living in this euphoric moment moment for a couple months. Well, it was a couple of weeks because we were given some drugs. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit of drugs. Yes. But you... To suppress the, yeah. the shakiness and the attacks. Yeah. The epileptic attacks, right? Yeah, and they were continuing on and getting worse and worse. And you kept calling in to the hospital. Yeah. And then finally after... A month and a half. It was almost eight weeks yeah. in. That's what I mean, months, two months. Uh, yeah. I called in and I, I actually called in. I said, you guys, you guys need to take a look at this because something is not adding up here. Because right. you were cramping more and more and they were just bumping up your dosage of uh, cortisone. Because yeah. that's the only thing you had and some epileptic medication. Yeah, and I remember you called in. We were playing with the kids and we were outside playing with the kids and then they called me five minutes after and um, told me, we want you to come in tomorrow. We want you to do a EEG, yeah. which is where you put up a bunch of electrodes on your head to measure your, um, I guess, your current. Yeah. And you had a bunch of cramps, like 16, 17 a day. 
But of course, the day you went in there, I had zero. You had one right at the moment when they were hooking you up yep. to the EG, and then it just stopped. Yep. And then after that uh, full day session in the afternoon, um, <clears throat> the doctor called me in because they had uh, done an MRI the that, week. Yeah, no, they did an MRI the next day. The next day, yeah. Yes. And they got the results in and they wanted to talk to me about them. And now all of a sudden it changed a little bit to the dramatic as to where, and you were on the phone as well because of COVID, you couldn't actually be there physically. But um, now all of a sudden they were telling me that uh, the tumor or sorry, the the area hasn't shrunk and uh, it should have shrunk by now. And with the attacks that I've been having, they can't rule out Mm. that it's a possible tumor and we have to do an emergency biopsy. Yeah, because the inflammation had disappeared and they could see a little bit of an outline of something. Yeah. And they didn't know what it was. But most of the doctors we talked to uh, that that day, because right. we talked to like three or four, right, were pretty optimistic of this not being a tumor. Yeah. Which kept us going for another month. Yeah, because I was there for the weekend. And of course, being that it was a weekend crew, once I got admitted back to the neurology department, uh, I met one doctor and then on Saturday I met two doctors and then mm. on Sunday. So you're not really talking to the same doctor. at the yeah. same. So every doctor is telling you something different. Yeah. So they scheduled you for the week after for a biopsy. Right. And um, Peter actually managed to get the um, like a USB with all the MRI scans so we could look at the pictures. And we were thinking at the worst, this would be MS. Right. Something like that. Because we googled looking, images looking on MS. The, yeah, looking at the images, you could not see MS or anything. Right. So they did the biopsy. And we had to wait for two and a half weeks. And the biopsy went well? Yeah, it was quite okay. You were very nervous about surgery. I was very nervous about a surgery, but mm-hmm. I was um, uh, optimistic because they were going to knock me out with the drugs. Yeah. They promised me. And usually they put this head cage on you and. Uh, like a halo yeah, that they and, screw in. And all the needles and everything. But uh, the nurses were really good and they poked my arms really well. And they, but I think you've gotten used to being poked now. So now all of a sudden you don't feel it the same way as you did before. Yeah, plus the, the surgery nurses are yeah. quite good at poking you. But every nurse you meet now, you're, <laughs> every time you come back from being poked, you're like, oh man... She or he did a great job. I didn't feel anything. Like yeah, every the, time you're like euphoric about it. <laughs> the, the men in the neurology department, they sucked. Yeah. They they would poke. Like my veins are pretty easy to get. Yeah. At least that's what I've been told. And every time they would get it wrong. Yeah. Oh, oh I got I to gotta do it again. Yeah. And I don't get it. I don't get it. No. Uh, but the, most of the females got it really easy. So you you had the biopsy and then um, you woke up. Yes. And you felt fine. Yes. You came home the day after. That's right. And you had your little seizure attacks, which were... Normal seizure attacks. Now all of a sudden this is part of everyday life. Right. Which is kind of weird because in the beginning we were all nervous about this and now we're like, oh, you okay? Let me know if you need help. We kind of like, you know, get used to it. And then there was one day when you had, and I noticed we were, I was uh, dropping some things at the post office and you were with me because I wouldn't leave you. And we were noticing that your tax were coming closer and closer and closer. Right. And then I went and I told you to keep an eye on these and let me know how you're feeling because I had to go pick up the kids from school. Right. And when I came back, you told me, hey, I have this cramp. It won't let go. And it had been lingering for like 40 minutes. 40 minutes plus, yeah. And then all of a sudden... Out of the blue. Yeah, you were like, I, I need to go, I need to go pee. I need to go pee. Cause yeah. you, and I said, Peter, you just went. You can't have, but I feel like I, ha- I have an urge. I have to go pee. And I was like, okay, I'll take you to the bathroom. There was something pressing against my yeah. bladder. On our way to the bathroom, you were saying that your <clears throat> legs were numbing up a little bit and you couldn't have, uh, you didn't feel the strength in them as you did before, like a couple of minutes before. And you were sitting and you were getting nauseous. Yep. So, I had no, I had no strength in my legs. <laughs> when you I were, couldn't get up. Uh, a funny note here I'm just going to disclose while I was sitting Peter down on the 
toilet, I accidentally put my head behind his back a little bit too low. So you're about to squish my head With between my butt. your butt and your toilet, but it's okay. What don't you know for love? No, no, yeah. Anyway, um, so you had to put my pants on and literally carry me uh, to the couch. Yeah. And then um, I decided to dial 911. Yes. And they came within five minutes. Which was awesome. And they gave you some really strong, super duper medicine. They gave medicine. you some really good drugs. And you were so out of it. I, I mean, it's it, they, you sniff it in your nose and it's like Vicks yeah. from, for the people that know what Vicks is. It's called Buculon and you got a pretty high dose. Yes. And I don't remember walking to the ambulance. I don't remember them hooking me up with uh, EEG stickers. I don't remember them... You don't put, remember the ride at all. I don't remember the ride. Or I that you got admitted or anything. That they put a line in my arm. Yeah, you were out. Totally out. Yeah. It wasn't until I, um, well, I, I got the CT. Yeah. That's the only time I yeah. remember I had to get up and walk from the gurney to the CT machine. Yeah. And then they did, uh, they got the new scans and the doctor, neuro, neurosurgeon confirmed that it's just a swelling from the biopsy and you were sent home. Yes. So yay. We were happy again. And then you, once I came home... I picked you up that same night. I know. Yeah. It was 11.30 p.m. You were so... Um, I don't know. It's You got this... It's called Kepra, which is like a EP drug, a Pepsi drug. And you were so high on your horse that night. You were like... You wanted to be up all night and you were talkative and... Yeah. Oh. I was, I was alive. Yes, I know you were alive, but I had to go to bed. <laughs> Imagine me uh, being at the hospital, watching all these people, I know. looking them into their eye, not yeah. knowing if they have COVID or what yeah. the hell was going on. Yeah. But then I was really upset because nobody called me. So I had to chase the... the you e chased the nurses. No, I called the ER doctor that admitted you to get her to give me disclose or give me the information disclosed what was, gonna go on, what was going on with you. Yeah. And then I was happy to hear from you and you said, okay, you can pick me up. I'm going home. They wanted you to stay and you said, no, of course, again, Peter wanted to go home. I mean, it's not like it's the Hilton. It's a shabby room I and I didn't even have, um, I can tell you about this little experience. Um, I had to go to the bathroom because I hadn't been in a while. And then, so I dialed a little thingy and then two nurses come in. One is a little younger and one's a little older and I say, hey, I have to go to the bathroom. And like, sure, can you get up? And it's like, uh, you know, they unhooked me with everything. And then one grabbed me by one arm and one grabbed me by the other. And they sort of walked me to the bathroom. And then when I get there, they said, uh, don't worry, we'll take your pants off. <laughs> and that's when I realized, okay, th this is me now. Were you getting uncomfortable? Uh, it's yeah. me postponing my life by 40 years. Yeah. So they took my pants off and I got to sit down and they guided me and I they stood there and I said, you can go now. And they said, no, we have to stand here. So I did my thing and then they <laughs> they dried dried me and then I put my pants back on. They dried you? Yes. They wiped your butt? They wiped my butt with gloves. Are you kidding? Gloves. You couldn't yeah. even wipe yourself? <laughs> Apparently it's something that they had to do. Maybe it was a prank. I don't know. Um, but, but you were fully capable to move. I was fully capable to move. You never told me about this. I, I told you about this like last week or something. Not that they wiped your butt. I know they, they wiped had to, your neighbor's butt. They had to, well, yeah. Who crapped his pants, but that's a different story. That's a, diff that's a separate story. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, they had to wipe me and then they had to make sure that I could wash my hands. And then they did this uh, fireman uh, carry or whatever it's called. Yeah, 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 over. So they carried me to the bed, hooked me back up to all the equipment and laid me down. Nice, Peter. Yeah. What an experience. And then I, when they left, I asked them, okay, so if I have to go to pee again, do I have to call you in again? And I said, yes, because it's like protocol or something. Oh, my God. And yeah. then the doctor came in at 10 and told us the information about the swelling of that's this is normal as part of the biopsy swelling and then he asked uh, do you want to stay for the night and i'm like no it's okay i'd rather sleep with my mm. family <clears throat> and then i called you and pick, you picked me up yeah which was and quite nice and then we can forward uh two and a half weeks now uh or actually a week later a week later a yeah. week later i'm sorry um they called uh, no, actually, we call them to see if they were going to bring up your case because they have like a review panel when they go through everything. 
uh, based on um, the pathology results. Right. And we were wondering if uh, they do this every Wednesday. So we were wondering if uh, if your results were got, had gotten back and if they were going to review your results on that Thursday then. Yeah, because we had gotten a tip from a friend of mine that it's yeah. good to call them and make mm. sure that they bring us up. Or actually it was a Wednesday, yeah. It but, was, but either uh, way. So then we knew that they were going to review your stuff on Wednesday and we were waiting for them to um, call, us up. call us. And we said that we'd rather have them call us and... If they know something, then us going over there physically. Yeah, because and I they would... actually allowed, even if we would have gone there physically, they would have allowed me to go with you. Yeah, but at this point, I was really nervous. I mean, you were too, and uh, I just wanted them to let Tell us know. Us. It's yeah. better to know on a Wednesday than having to wait till a Monday. Yeah. So your neuro oncologist, uh, surgeon, neurosurgeon, yeah, called you. And we sat down together yes. at the table. Yep. I was, you were just listening and I was ready. I had my sticky notes ready because I knew um, I had to focus on what he was saying. And, and not the kids freak were in out. school. Kids were in school. This was 45 minutes before they were supposed to be picked up that they called. Right. But he went through it quite fast. Uh... I didn't really know what the glioblastoma was, but I could tell from the from your face that it wasn't good. Mm. And then he said tumor, and then I knew that it wasn't aggressive. Good. Aggressive, and it's in an area where inoperable. it's inoperable. So you don't really hear the entire sentence; you just hear the the worst the words. Um, yeah, the worst words in that sentence. And then the next thing that I recall is when he hung up, you said, okay. No, I, actually, I think we cried. No, we cried for a bit together. And then you said, okay, I no, have to go. After like 20 minutes of crying, I knew my time was getting short here. I had to pick up the kids. Right. And there wasn't anything I could do. I had to pick up the kids. And I knew that the longer I waited... The, the more I would, yeah. I would break down. So you said, I'm going to go into Olivia's room and just call everyone. Is that okay? Yeah. And everyone, we mean our closest family. Peter's yeah. mom, Peter's mom uh, his sister. Um, your brother. My mom and my brother. So you did that. And I was just blown away that you had the strength to just pick up the phone and tell everyone. But for me, it felt like if I didn't do it then, I, I don't think I would be able to do it later. keep my my um, composure, so to speak, Right. If, if I would have done it later. Because I broke down again when I came back home. And we had to have our own little moments to break things down. And we actually sat down with Olivia that night and told her that... Um, and Olivia is seven, by the way. Yes, yeah, seven. The youngest one is three. So, so she doesn't have any no. clue. Her but issues are... we sat are... down with Olivia right away. Because, I mean, how you can't hide your emotions in front of your kids. And we're, we're not, we don't want them to feel that we you're not allowed to cry. You're allowed to cry. And you right. should be able to show your emotions. But we had to explain to her why we were so upset that night. But we didn't know at the time what... At that point, we didn't know the treatment. We didn't know... I mean, we Googled... The treatment, but we didn't know what the plan was. Um, actually, he did tell us a little bit. He did tell us. Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. And you didn't Short remember that, memory, but yeah. yes, that's okay. But he actually did tell us. And and one <clears throat> thing that we are actually still waiting on that we haven't uh, said anything about is that the the pathology results are from the Lund University. This their first hand pick of what they think this is. Yeah. They also sent the, the frozen pathology test to London, yeah. but due to COVID and the lockdown, uh, these tests have been delayed right. majorly. But there's also a bunch of, um, uh, what's the word, exceptions to this. Like they looked at all the tests for now and they, they see all these exceptions. Yeah, so they see things like the necrosis and the things that identify an aggressive tumor, but there's also, it's called uh, arrays or inhibitors and um, mutilation, I think it's called, where you can decide on how the tumor is as far as accepting uh, chemo, how well it can rebuild itself. So you have 
some good tendencies in this tumor as well as the bad tendencies in good it. Good tendencies in a yeah. shitty situation. But the London pathology results might change the grade or it might not. Yeah. Or it might change the name. I mean, all tumors that are grade four uh, are pretty much in your brain are glioblastoma. Right. So if it's a grade three, it's just a different name. Right. So now what's currently happening is I'm doing my... Um, um, chemo and radiation. Chemo and radiation. And every I'm, day for six weeks. Every day for six weeks. Starting last Monday. Right. And I'm also uh, doing a bunch of... I'm trying to have fun with it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on Instagram. Um, I, I think I have... For me, this has been a... It's going to sound weird, but uh, we did talk. We also got a time or an opportunity to speak to shrink Mm -hmm. uh, because I've had a lot of self-reflection because you start thinking about scenario A and B. Yeah. A being that uh, you get to live a couple years or more. Uh, Scenario B being that, you know, you you move on. And I think the more I think about scenario B, the more I try to sort of push it away because I still feel like I'm in decent shape. Yeah. And the doctors have told me I'm in decent shape and there's a bunch of attributes to sort of speak towards me being, um, what's the word, a good candidate for chemo Mm -hmm. and radiation. I haven't really felt any um, sickness per se. I think it's more the, some of the other meds that are making me not feel so good. Um. And I think your doctor was oncologist, neuro-oncologist, was pretty blunt. He said, do you want me to like put all the cards on the table or should we take one step at a time and see how it goes? And you were pretty adamant. You want to know the facts and have everything on the table. And he was pretty good at explaining everything. And we talked about, you know, even regardless of what the odds are, statistic is statistics. Yep. And it doesn't actually specify what your statistics is going to be about you um, with your shape or how you're going to react towards the drugs, uh, the chemo and radiation, and nobody will know. So it's, it's, they're taking tests every Monday to see how your body reacts towards all this. And I think we are, sometimes we're talking about we are in a positive bubble here, maybe way too much. But at the same time, we decided that being in a negative bubble, what do you gain from that? Absolutely nothing. I mean, we can still cry and be upset at days, but we don't gain anything by dwelling over. I mean, yeah, we think about this is unfair. Yeah, it's why a shitty us? situation, and Absolutely. I don't know what the future is going to be. But when you think about it, uh, if you if you rewind my life six months ago, yeah, you I could have been hit by a truck. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, because my experience was that in that moment I was in disbelief, and then I thought, no. There must have been a mix-up somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't be Peter. He's yeah. way... No, 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 no. And then you go to sadness when you're completely distraught or distressed or whatever it's called, where you can't handle your emotions. You can't just believe it. And I think I've, I was like panicking that, oh my God, oh my God. And then all of a sudden it changes into you being angry. Not you being, but me being angry right. over the situation. Like, why does this happen to us? Right. Blah, 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 blah. And so it's a wave of emotions, but I think we've come far. I think we've been really practical about it. Because we can't change the situation. No, it is what it is. And let's make the best out of it, regardless of how much time we have. Because I don't know. I mean, nobody knows how much time we have here and what's going to happen. So let's just figure out a way to not let it consume us, even though it's you always wake up in this nightmare. You can never wake up from it and you always have this pit in your stomach sitting there but you figure out a way of living with it and Plus laughing we, every day yeah i mean the thing is um it was around christmas time and there's lots of christmas movies and there's lots of cancer movies yeah and me being on cortisone made me wake up sometimes in odd hours of the day mm. so sometimes you wake up at four in the morning and you watch this cancer movie and then you just it's like a, a truck ran over you. Yeah. Because uh, there's lots of emotions attached to that. But um, I, I spoke to a friend of mine who's also not a survivor, but he's a 
they also gave him the worst. Uh, but he is a survivor. Well, he's a survivor, but yeah. he can still get uh, other consequences yeah, from it. He survived past the time that they gave him. Yeah, they gave him nine months or something, and now he's on his sixth year. Mm. And he said something to me that uh, stuck with me. It's like you can go into the fetal position and cry and give up. Or you can say, fuck it, I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to train every day. I'm going to have a good diet. I'm yeah. going to do all the all the things I can do yeah. to position myself to be, uh, to do the best of the situation that I can. So I think my attitude uh, has changed. Yeah, and I think we let ourselves, like four or five days, I think we were really upset and it was in waves. And then I think every day since then, We've been stronger and stronger. Yeah. And uh, I actually have days where I don't even cry about this. Right. Where I just focus on the positive. I sometimes don't even let the negative. It, it's there and it's tried to push through, but I just push it right back and like, nope, not letting you in, <laughs> you know, just so that I can keep on going and appreciate it every minute instead of missing out on those minutes being in bed crying Right. But I still have the feelings. It's not like I'm cold or stone. Yeah, I mean, the feelings I, are still there. I think a lot about the kids. Yeah. Um, when I was in the hospital by myself uh, for the days, uh, I met a lot of patients and we had lots of conversations. And I don't know, I started asking myself, do I have to make videotapes of myself now? Or, or what do I have to do? Like, what if the kids want to listen to my voice when they're 17 or 20? Yeah. That's why we're doing this thing. Yeah. Um, and cancer affects not only the person who has the cancer, but everybody around them too. Right. So for me, it was also, like you said, we were, we, um, um, I was thinking a lot about our future plans and all of a sudden I could see like a question mark, you know, yeah, yeah. which I never had a doubt of before. Because we were always not joking. This sounds weird, but we were selling because I had a lot of medical issues before. Right. Uh, so we always said, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first, and you'll be second. Take care of the kids. Blah blah blah. Like yeah. not jokingly like that. But we were always thinking that Peter has always been very strong, healthy. He doesn't even get colds. So he was gonna be like 89. Yeah. And maybe I'll be like 86. But like now that. we're uh, making plans to go to New York. Yeah. To go to Australia. Yeah. Maybe even New Zealand. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah. And what what changes do you want to let everybody know? What changes have you made at home? And uh, uh, The keto diet was the toughest part. Yeah. And we did it a couple of days before Christmas. And keto is essentially a diet where you're not allowed to eat carbohydrates. You're not allowed to eat sugar. Actually, we did this that night. Or that evening when we found out from the doctors the results. Yes. We were asking uh, the neurosurgeon about sugar. Even though there are proven, non-proven studies, this is a debate. We can take it a different discussion. Yeah, we can take it out of this. um, That sugar, it's good to eliminate sugar. Yeah, and that'll starve the tumor from... Yeah, but there's contradicting information on this, so we don't care. We're gonna, we're gonna in our world, we're gonna starve it. And we from did sugar. it right around Christmas. Yeah, that same day, then December 9th. So you had you were allowed to have drink a beer, non alcoholic beer. Yes, bear, bear, beer, <laughs> not a bear, not a bear, a beer, a beer. Yes, and it was a really good one. You said I haven't had a beer since May because I have gout too. Yeah. Speaking of health issues, so that beer was really nice. Yeah, but the next day it was, uh, it was game on. Is it, what do you say? Cold stone turkey? No. <laughs> What's the expression? Um, we quit cold turkey. Cold turkey. That's right. That's um, what we did. And then we haven't had sugar or any carbs like pasta or bread since then. Um, I was hoping of losing some weight. I lost a little bit, but now I'm, it's like stopped. I guess I'm pushing through too much calories, fat and too calories. Much yeah, but, but we're. Um, you feel better, right? I feel much better. Um, temper is more stable. A temper? Yeah. Uh, not really. Um. Yeah. If you if we look back at a cortisone, how you how you were you were acting in October, November, I think after, I think. Using the keto diet or eating 
that way is helped you control a little bit of your temper. temper. I think it's also the fact that I realized that you can have a plan for any given day that you wake up. But uh, based on how you feel, if you're tired because of the medicine, you just have to accept that not everything's going to go your way. And you have to appreciate the little things. And being at the hospital so many times, just putting on socks in the morning is a victory for me. Not that I'm in that bad of a shape, but I, I saw how a lot of people struggled with just putting on their socks and they yeah. had to press a button to get yeah. nurses to... So little things in life you, you, you forget how to appreciate. Right. Uh, when you do it by like autopilot and then all of a sudden when that's gone, it's not that easy anymore. Yeah, it's like these little attacks on my left hand right now. Yeah. Um, so I think, and then of course, uh, growing patient with the kids when it's noisy and... Yeah, and they started school now. Right. Um, so, but the keto diet has been a challenge, but I think... Um, both our parents have tried to support us in baking breads and uh, yep. certain meals. Yep. Christmas was tough because we had to make one set of cakes for the kids. And yeah. you could get that aroma smell and you're just going, mm, it would be nice to just have one. But then we didn't. We made our own. Yeah. And then you actually volunteered to do it as well. Yeah. I think if that wasn't the case, then I would probably... Oh, you would never have kept I would, up with this. I wouldn't have the discipline no, to do no, it. No. no way. You would have been cheating every other second. If I was eating something in front of you, you would have just... I would have had ice cream every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, well, how do you feel now with the kids? Uh, Christmas, we had a good time. I think we had a good time. We, we had three our... Three weeks P- off, right? Three weeks off. We had PJs on for Christmas Eve. We just relaxed. We cooked food. Uh, we ate so much. I think we ate more... But we also realized how many calories we didn't eat because yeah. on a normal Christmas, you have all these desserts and yeah. everything else. And you just realize, wow, yeah. I, I just probably killed a couple thousand calories. Yeah. And we actually laid puzzles and played with the kids. And yeah. we it was a good time. joked and we took pictures and we enjoyed the moment. We've been um, skiing, sledding, <laughs> sledding, not skiing. Yeah, sledding. Uh, it was one day, there was snow, snow, where you woke us up 6 o'clock in the yes, morning. Yes, I woke you up at 6. Because the, the only three hours we had snow in the southern part of Sweden, where it actually stayed for three hours. So Well, I knew I woke up at 4 that morning because yeah. of my cortisone treatments. And uh, I knew if we would have a chance that day, if we would go out by 9 a.m., the yeah. snow would be gone. And I think if it wasn't for this, we would have never done this. We would no have way. Never gotten no up. way. And, and on this. <clears throat> Not so a the kids are like, they were super happy about this. And um, everybody else was sleeping. We were the only ones. <laughs> yeah, we were the only ones on the hill. <laughs> on the hill screaming. What? It was fun. It and was then fun. my mom joined us too. Yeah. So how are you currently feeling? Like, what's your state of mind now? Uh, right now, I'm super positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually working on, um, I don't know if it's a book, but it's, uh, I'm journaling. Is that, yeah. Uh, so I'm recording not every day, but I am through three chapters, the states that I'm going through and what my thought process is. Mm-hmm. I think my frustration is um, I, I took my life for granted before and now I don't. I, yeah. I feel like like today was a bad day. I wasn't feeling well. <laughs> Bless Sorry. <you. laughs> I wasn't feeling well at all, but yeah. I still try to make the most of it. Yeah. Um, I think you and I have started to work out as well in yeah. our basement gym. And maybe we don't do it every day, but sometimes we take yeah. a walk. And the most important, we joke a lot. Yeah. Even though you have your cramps, we joke about these cramps. And yeah, you're joking um, about I, I my was hand. Even, I was even suggesting we should just do a video following it. And, yeah, like, and add like yeah. some, uh, some songs. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's when the when the when the neurology department gives you the scheduling sheet, which is essentially a piece of paper. I got an attack, and she gave it to me on my left hand, and I just took it and squished it up. <laughs> and she was like, and not she sure. didn't, un- she didn't, she didn't understand what <laughs> yeah. was going on. And I said, "Look, I'm sorry, I just had an attack." <laughs> and she tried to get the paper out of my hand, and then she just tore it off. And then she said, "It's okay, I'll print you another one." Oh yeah. So, and I have a tendency to grab things. Yeah. And yesterday you had a crap. We were eating uh, dinner and our three-year-old, like, we, you know, she's three. She yeah. doesn't really, she knows something is odd right. right now, but she 
<laughs> Peter was cramping and like shaking and hitting things with his hand while we were eating. Well, my fork was hitting the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was looking, she was like scrunching her eyebrows and looking at you like totally. What's go- yeah, like, what's going what are, on? What are you thing. doing? Yeah. And then she put down her fork and she just squeezed her face and started like shaking. Imitating me. Imitating and shaking. We were like laughing because yeah, she funny. looked so funny. I mean, that's what you have to do because what else? Right. Right? So I think, uh, I don't know, this podcast is going to try to, sh- we're trying to document this journey and uh, some of the fun stuff that we're going to get go yeah. through and then... Uh, Maybe you can inspire somebody too. And I think you inspired me by I enjoy every day much more. And the little things that used to irritate me, they're completely gone. Even things at work that are like uh, uh, bigger issues, I, right. I can't I don't take them personally anymore. Right. It's like I can I can just end my day and be still relaxed and then enjoy and laugh and not have any work related stuff or any other I don't know, annoying stuff hanging over me. So it's it's like you're free, but you're trapped. It's like a weird. It's like the Matrix. Yeah, it's like a really weird. I think because situation. I went, I spent so many times at the hospital. I got to experience and look at so many different people. Yeah. At so many different stages of their lives, and some people you can look in their eyes and you can say, for a fact, that this person won't be here that long. Yeah. And um, the times when I was hooked up to everything, uh, you know, you're not thinking about materialistic things. You're not thinking about uh, uh, deadlines. No. You know, you're just thinking about can I get can I please just get out of here because I want to see my I want to see my kids. Yeah, I want to see my family. I don't care how much money I have in my bank account. No, um, that doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't matter. No. And then also... Um, it brought us even closer. I think this so. This whole thing. Because yeah. we talked about things we never used to cl- talk about before. Yeah. And also, we just want to let you know, Olivia, the oldest one, she was allowed to go on radiation with you. Oh, yeah. The other which, day. Which she was super happy about because they, uh, psychologists even said that it's a good thing for kids to actually see what you're going through. Right. Because explaining radiation, they can... Um, they can create something else in their head. Right. And, and she got to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And, and she it, was really scared before that, that you were in great pain when this was happening. And right. so I think uh, this was a great, I mean, it sounds weird, but it was a great experience for her to see what you're going through. And yep. you guys kind of connected in a different level too. Yeah. Not her, just that you're going somewhere, not know. And she knows what's going on now. Right. And I think she got to process... And then there were some questions that came up afterward as well. Yeah. Oh, and she does. She does have questions every night. Yeah. And it's not. We always tell her it's not. Do you have any questions? We always ask her what questions do you have. The because tough parts for me is sometimes she can at random come up to me and ask me uh, tough questions, and I yeah. don't want to say what they are because they're B scenario questions. Yeah. And uh, I generally say. That there aren't any guarantees, but I'm. This is one of those uh, bumps in the road, and I'm gonna fight. Yeah. And we're gonna fight together, and it's gonna be fine. Yeah. Because the thing is, there's lots of people out there in the world that have this type of diagnosis that have been around since 1985, and um, I would much much rather put myself in that category than to put myself in the category of the 14 to 20 months because I feel fine. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, okay, if I go to a deadlift or squat or whatever in the gym, I, I don't have the same type of strength, but has, that has to do with the cortisone. Yes. That doesn't have to do with my strength. And you haven't been able to exercise in the same right. um, capacity. weight capacity as right. you have before. So, of course, this is going to affect you. But I don't look at it that way. I look at it as I'm here, Yeah. Uh, I'm doing it, I'm going to... You know, it's better that it gets done yeah. than that I don't that I sit on the couch and feel sorry for myself. Yeah. But it's an everyday battle, and we do have our ups and it's not like we're sitting here saying that every day is great, but we do have our ups and downs. Yeah, our walk today yeah. was tough for me. Yeah, but we did it. Yeah, it was a twenty minute walk. Uh, I I didn't feel it like I wasn't feeling dizzy, but I wasn't feeling like my hand was shaking a lot from the attacks. Yeah. And they're not really tremors. They're more like uh, 
Like I just wrote the 9th of December on a piece of paper and it you looks, can't even read what I can't says. even read what it says, but yeah. 10, 10 minutes later I can write the 9th of December and it's completely legible. Yeah. And I've squeezed the heck out of my iPhone. I've squeezed, like I squeezed it really hard. And the funny thing is when you grab my hand and you squeeze it, you tell me, let go, Camilla, but you're the one who's holding Squeezing on it. and holding on. I also called my sister today by accident. Okay. The phone was off and I squeezed it so hard. I must have pressed some sort of a shortcut. Yeah. And I called her and she's like, you know. Yeah. And oh. and some milk cartons, you squeeze those. And milk cartons, uh, an egg. An egg, but it was boiled. Hard boiled. It was hard boiled. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, and Olivia was like, ah, oh, she was freaking out because she thought it was yeah, yeah. going to. I mean, there's accidents here and there. Yeah. But uh, you take each each day for what it is. You try yeah. to enjoy it the, the, the most you can. Yeah. And, and you're here. Right and I'm now. here, yes. Yeah. And I think the people that I've talked to in my like friends and family, because I did post something on Facebook, some people called me and talked to me. Some people are very, they get very emotional about it. Yeah. Because I think it's a wake up call. And I think that's where I want to go. I want to, I don't want to give people uh, guilt over it, but I want them to realize the wake up call that you don't know when your time is up and you need to live your life. In the present. Yeah, and don't postpone things, yeah. thinking that it's better to do them later. You don't, I mean, I'm not saying cash out everything and uh, do it all now, but... I'm saying uh, take a bank loan and do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like Peter and I were like, we were talking a lot. When we retire, we should go to New York and blah, blah. Why? Why should we go to New York when we retire? We should go there now. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like we had a thing where we're going to renovate our bathroom in the basement and it's not even on our list right now. No, no, no. It's it, not it even was a, such a high priority in, in August. Yeah. It's not even existing on a list. We of don't even talk do's. about it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely not. So what is your plan ahead now then? My plan ahead is to wake up every day, mm-hmm. put on my socks. Uh, and you got new socks for Christmas. I got new socks with Christmas. It says fuck cancer on them. And kapow and poof. Uh, none, of the <laughs> nurse, none of the nurses have seen them though. No. Because. Uh, That's too bad. Anyway. Um, and Olivia wrote you a book. She wrote me a book, Things That She Likes About Me, and I've read it several times. Yeah. Uh, I think my plan is to do my treatment. And then uh, I've also signed up for a... Um, a uh, is it a study? Clinical study. Clinical study here in Lund uh, that I'm also doing concurrently with the the treatment. Yeah. And I'm also I've contacted the two other clinics in Arizona mm-hmm. that are about to start clinical studies. And Minnesota, right? And Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but due to COVID, we don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, I'm going to keep the contact with them, maybe even call them up and talk to them. Yeah. And I think our family has a great support system. Everybody yes. has their own little role. Yeah. Um, our parents are cooking and helping us out on that end. And, and, uh, your sister's fixing other things for us. And my brother's doing some research stuff for us. So he likes we're, to we're read all, on the internet. So yes, that's good. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. I, I, we have our little researcher. Um, so I think it's going to be fine. You know, yeah. we have to take it day by day. Yeah. Right now it's getting through the, uh, radiation part. Yeah. And this is week two. And so far it's been okay. Yeah. And making our every day as normal as possible for us and for the kids. Yeah. I think for me, what I want to do is help you out more because the keto diet stuff is new. We don't know what to cook and I'm I'm sort of hoping that I'll have gain more energy so I can help you out with the yeah, cooking. But we'll figure it out. Yeah. No stress. So it is what it is. I mean. Um, and it's it's weird. The COVID sucks. But at the same time, it's being working from home gives me the opportunity to spend even more time with you than ever before. Yeah. Because we didn't. I mean, our schedules were pretty hectic. We spent like an I mean, after putting the kids to bed like an hour yeah. and a half together. And then sometimes you had to work late. Yeah. And, um, you know. So we we actually managed now to at least have a couple of minutes every day and chit chat, see each other, hug, kiss, whatever we need to do. Yeah. And um, there are some changes we had to implement because of the 
uh, chemo with you having your own bathroom. We, we, we had a king size bed and we purchased a twin. So now we have a king size twin bed. It's a huge bed where we're all sleeping together. So Peter sleeps in the twin bed because we have to change the um, sheets uh, every other day because we don't want you to be uh, sleeping and sweating next to the kids. Right. Our kids like to sleep with us and we're, everybody has their own theory what we should do. But um, we decided that they're not going to sleep with us when they're 15. So why not enjoy the moment when they want to cuddle and nestle, nestle up next to us? Yeah. Because the, the chemo, the chemo sweat or whatever we call yeah, it, it's not good lot. for the kids to be close to. That's yeah. what yeah. we were informed. So therefore we bought the twin bed, but it does, it's right next to me. Yeah. I mean, it's like a huge bed now. Yep. It's a giant bed. It's a giant bed, which is kind of and fun. And I think the kids are liking it. They're super of. excited about it. Um, I think it's uh, it's that's the biggest change in the diet, and I can't think of anything else. We laugh more. I think we enjoy life. Mm. I think it's important to enjoy life. I think we dance. Uh, we dance. Uh, we make funny faces. We, make we fun- joke. I mean, when I have my little we talk about my arm now twitching out kind of like nothing can stop the claw with jim carrey yeah um uh i joke a lot about i joke a lot with the nurses at the hospital you know like hey long time no see like all kinds of stuff um because i think you have to uh every day you have to wake up and try to enjoy your day yeah um you I think your attitude reflects your outcome. Mm. So whatever this takes us, it's going to be a journey and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So I think that's where I'm at mentally. Okay. I'm, I have a euphoric feeling and I feel bad about it. I don't know what I, I asked the shrink. Is there something wrong with me? Yeah. Like, why am I being euphoric about this? I should be depressed. Mm-hmm. I should be down. I asked, I asked myself that and I, I feel like I, because you, uh, your attitude kind of uh, rubs on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like um, if I feel sad and I see you so happy, I'm like, well, I can't. I can't. Why am I sad? Right. He's happy. Should I? I should be. I shouldn't say squat. You're the one who's going through this. I mean, what do I have to be sad about? I mean, but I. It's it's. Um, it's like I said, it's a day by day thing. Yeah. And we can sit here and brag about this euphoric Feeling. thing right now, but who knows? Um, I mean, there's going to be times when it's going to get yeah. rough. Yeah. I'm prepared. I mean, I'm mentally prepared for yeah. it. But I think you have to approach each day as a new day. And sometimes your day is going to go like yeah. you want it to go. You make a list of things that you need to do. I mean, we did a will and testament. Yeah. But I think, you know what? That there's nothing wrong with not just because of this. Everybody should have this. Done. Yeah, but now I feel at peace. That yeah, it's because been, it's done. It's done. Yeah, okay, okay. Because I felt a little bit like, shoot, we sh- should we do this? Is this like a, a sign of something or what? What you know? Because people react when you say it. But yeah, at the end of it, I mean, you, we didn't buy a burial spot for no, Carnival. no, we did not. Um, but I think um, I, oh, we, we see that you're happy, and I think the fact that you have so much hope is very important and it gives it gives everybody else hope and a belief and a joy to be around as well the best part of my day is when uh, the kids wake up yeah because they like to snuggle and they snuggle they come up and it's yeah, like it's the there's a it's, their struggle is uh, you know how it's like with and their children. smell their struggle is uh, what do they want to eat for breakfast and they don't yeah. know but they smell so I don't know kids smell different they smell so good like almost it's not without uh uh, it's not without uh, conflict but it's there's a difference between a seven-year-old and a three-year-old yeah but when they just hug you it all goes away yeah so i think it's great that the kids have been home during christmas because it's Mm -hmm. helped us uh as a good kind of a distraction you know yeah so but it's also good now that they're in school, so you can focus on your treatment plan. You can get yeah. the rest you need. That's also so. There's, uh, there's Pros a shift of yeah. You I know, mean, right today was a shitty day. Yeah, I, I wasn't feeling good at all. Yeah, 
I, I didn't tell you when we went for the walk, but I. But I thought you had a really good day today. No, I know, but I when we went for the walk today, I felt like I was gonna throw up. Okay. Uh, I felt like a pregnant lady that had a 500 pound child that was stuck on this neck, like the the pressure on my neck here. Okay. And you kept going like, oh, should we go for a walk? Should we go for a walk? And everything in my brain, like my no. everything was saying, no, hell it's no. It's kind of like when you asked me, should we go exercise? I, I feel the same thing. Should I say the same thing then? No, you should no. say yes. <laughs> but today we decided to do the podcast versus yeah. doing the workout, yep. which I think was a good choice. Absolutely. Because this, I think this podcast will uh, help us. I think it'll help me become a better listener. I've been told I'm not a good listener, not by you, but by other people. Mm. And plus uh, preparing for the show, preparing the questions, whatever the topics are out there that we're going to cover. I have some in mind. Very good. I'm glad we did this. Yeah. Yeah. Plus I have all this high tech gear that has to be Now I'm all like, oh my God, are we going to do this whole thing in Swedish? (laughs) Yes, tomorrow, oh, 9 p.m. All right. Anyway, um, it's been. A, I think it's been a great show. I think we've covered everything from the start till today. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to uh, DM me. I will post this on uh, Instagram, Facebook in the coming days. I have to do the post-audio editing. Yeah. And then once that's done, by the weekend it'll be up. Uh, it'll be out there. And if you have any questions, feel free to call us. Mm. All right. Very good. Thanks for listening and uh, take care. And good night. And good night.